they bring out books founded on the word of God, on dieting. And they will have a scripture to quote for everything they are telling you. There was a time people brought up, you know, vegetarians will tell you, they have scriptures to show that vegetarianism is good. And they are, I mean, very, very correct. Human beings did not eat meat until after the flood. Go and read your Bible. It was after the flood that God said, I have now given you the animals of the field for food. Before that time, human beings, Adam, all the way down to Noah, they were pure vegetarians. And I'm not, I don't know whether they ate fish or not. You probably did not know. It was, it was not raining on the earth that time. Before Noah, there was no rain. Oh, oh, this Bible, full. You read it enough, you know how to drill for oil. Exploration. Job talked about it. The place, the vein of gold in the earth. Job described it. There's nothing. No. So you can go in there. Somebody goes there. He learns his vegetarian principles. And each person that goes into the scriptures finds something to pull out of it. So human beings drown. And people go to church. They are overwhelmed with the wealth of resources from just this book. Overwhelmed with the resources. That's what I'm going to talk about. And you know what Jesus said? He said, you said the scriptures. Why? He said, thinking that in them, you will find what? Life. Now, what does life mean? You said the scriptures, thinking that in them you find prosperity. So you hear preachers sometimes, we say it. These are principles that even Muslims use. And Christians are not using those principles. Once you hear those principles, just walk away. That's Jezebel. I've shown you now that it should be found in the scriptures though. It will be found in the scriptures. And that man will show up and be giving you investment nuggets. And it will start from Genesis and end the Revelation. He will tell you how to lay up treasure on the earth without using those words. Oh yes, he will tell you. And these are principles that will be shown to work. And of course, you now go and start telling your stories. When I was in Namibia the other day, I was teaching this. And the income of the brethren in the church went up 80% in one week. That God just got a letter from them last week. They were preaching those principles of investment. The church is now 200% richer than they were six months ago. And they are projecting that by the end of this year, they are going to knock down their old building and put on it a world standard cathedral. These principles will work. Tell your, son, tell your neighbor it's working. <laughs> What I'm telling is a matter of fact. That is what? Life. You said the, scripture, the scriptures, thinking that in them you have what? Life. Life is prosperity. Life is health. Life is everything positive you are looking for. And that was what Jesus was saying. Was saying. You said the scriptures, looking for how to improve your health. You said the scriptures, looking for how to improve your marriage. You, and oh, I, I need to go. Let me not go there. The Bible has everything to say on how to improve your marriage. The most romantic book ever written is Songs of Solomon. When we were young on campus, we had to keep our eyes away from Songs of Solomon. So it, the book was too romantic for young people. Things that you can't read on the air is in the Bible. Though. Very erotic things this guy wrote in there. <laughs> I'm telling you. Most of you have never read it. Please don't read it. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. And God opens, gives you revelation. Because you will see something, say, Solomon, no wonder. Say, Solomon, are you right this one? <laughs> only, the, only you could the Lord have revealed this one to. Nobody else. 
David's revelations were, <laughs> you know David's revelation? I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. <laughs> the Lord has taught my hand for war so that my hand can bend a bow made of brass. That was David's revelation. David, Solomon's son is that, my beloved has arrived. <laughs> Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. Your love is sweeter than wine. David is a witch girl loves that one. I will be. <laughs> no, this revelation, warfare. When he's telling you, kiss the sun, let it be angry. And you perish out of the way. That's, war, you know, a man of war. Yeah. Not Solomon. Solomon, help me find my beloved. I heard him last <laughs> night. And I was still holding me in my dreams. Ah! Solo. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> Now, so if you want the principles there, there are some people who not pick it. Marriage counseling. So you said the scriptures, thinking that in them you have what? Life. Thinking in them you have life. But when Jesus said that, what was he saying? You are thinking wrongly. The scriptures were not written for marriage. The scriptures were not written for prosperity. The scriptures were not written for long life. The scriptures were not written for any other thing. Apart from one thing, Jesus said, the scriptures are just a testimony of me. He said, everything, the scriptures, they are a testimony of me. The Bible says, the testimony of Jesus, that was the spirit behind all the prophetic words documented in the Bible for you. That when you pick the songs of Solomon, forget your wife, forget your husband, Start looking for Jesus in the songs of Solomon. When you pick the Psalms, forget your enemies. Start looking for Jesus in the Psalms. When you read Genesis chapter 1, when it says in the beginning, let's just jump, he said, and God said, let there be light. That light is nothing but Christ. That's it. He said, there's one that comes, who in coming lighted all men. That light was Christ. If you pick the lamentations of Jeremiah, look for Christ inside. Don't look for the fulfillment of one prophecy to modern day Israel. Look for Christ. He hasn't changed his mind. The promises were for Abraham and his seed. And Paul said that seed was not seeds as of many, but seed as of one. And that seed is what? Christ. What am I trying to say? How did Jezebel manage to corrupt the church? I'll tell you. It's simple. He took, remember it's a spirit. So let's use the word she, just to fit the name. She took their eyes away from Christ as the focus of the scriptures. Because there's no other way to make the people of God go astray apart from taking their eyes away from Christ as the focus of the scriptures. That's the only thing. Because remember I said that, we said we should note the word, her immorality, her adultery. Spiritually, adultery, first of all, speaks about departing from the true God and seeking something else. David said, I have said the Lord constantly in front of me. Now, what happens is that when we set other things, many times, you know what Christians set in front of them? Prosperity. We set prosperity in front of us. And believe me, we will find scriptures. To back everything we are saying. There was a time that, like I was saying, I gave this illustration also last time. 
that the church set church growth in front of it. Everything was principles of church growth. How to grow a church. Let me say something to you. Prosperity is dangerous. Success is dangerous. Learned men have said, uh, there's somebody I'm quoting, can't remember which one of them. He said, any man can stand adversity. It takes a real man to stand prosperity. That any fool, in fact, what is it? He said, any fool can stand adversity. That you want to see a real man give him prosperity. He said, adversity. That man can easily stand adversity. You want to know what people find hard to stand? It is prosperity. Give them abundance. They deny the name of God. Look, they won't come and say, there is no God, though. No. So let's pray about this. They say, look, we don't need to pray. There's money. You see what I'm saying? saying this? When God prospers people, that's really what the problem is. The abundance it gives, the major risk is that it becomes their idol. The major risk of abundance, of prosperity, of success, the major risk is it becomes an idol. And do you know one of the manifestations of that idolatry? In church, when we want to talk about prosperity, we scan and look for somebody who has money. Say you, you know prosperity, come and teach us because he's rich. He becomes a teacher of the word of God because he has money in his pocket. That's idolatry. That's how it starts. That's the manifestation of it. That is the major problem I found out. That you see, that's the problem. With, so when God blesses us to a level, you know, it happens to many people. Jeroboam. Jeroboam was going about peacefully until the prophet called him, tore clothes, gave him ten pieces, made him a king over Israel, and reserved Judah for the house of David. As soon as Jeroboam settled down, you know the first thing he did? How do I ensure that this kingdom does not depart from me? So, he built two idols. One in Dan, one in Beersheba. And he said to Israel, why do you have to go to Jerusalem? Behold your God that took you out of Egypt. And that thing became the reason why God destroyed the household of Jeroboam. That's the problem with prosperity. Suddenly people want to sustain it with their own strength. That's the problem of prosperity. Suddenly people want to start sustaining prosperity with their own strength. Please bear that in mind. Prosperity is dangerous. When people prosper, oftentimes by prayer, by obeying the principles of righteousness, the problems are when they get there, everybody starts teaching them how to sustain it, and that sustenance, of course, that prosperity becomes an idol. Then people start, now that's what I'm talking about now, this prosperity of my neighbor, this prosperity of my brother, is now set in front of me, as a symbol of the word works. Then I remove the Lord from my front. I put my brother who has prospered in replacement of him. And I start following everything he says. It is subtle, but that is the spirit of Jezebel. It is subtle. I said last time, this is my own personal understanding. One major problem we have, what I've just described now, is what I call the worship of results. Christianity people now say, look, you start following a man that knows how to do it. Follow the man that has succeeded. And when we talk about following a man that has succeeded, let me tell you something. You have to be careful about this. 
In that Mark chapter 4, which we quote all the time, Jesus told us that the principle, to give us the principle of the kingdom. It's like they see that a man plants. Day by day, he goes to sleep, he wakes up. He said, the earth by itself produces first the grain, you know, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the air. And when the crop permits, he puts in the circle. Now, back to what he said. He, he said, he, he said, the crop by itself produces. He himself does not know how. Now, many times, people who have success start teaching us how when the Bible says they don't know. The Bible says they don't know. Now, what am I talking about? The problem is this. Because, now listen to this. This is what the problem is. It is what we set in front of us. Once we set something else in front of us, apart from the Lord Jesus himself, there is no way that one day, that day will come, that will follow the spirit of Jezebel into idolatry. Listen to me. Listen, listen. No matter how good the thing is, you will derail one day if you follow it long enough, if it's not Christ Jesus. Let me explain something to you. I want to give some very, very radical examples. If you follow soul winning so hard, eventually you will derail. If you follow building churches very hard, eventually you will derail. I've used these two things because they are good things. Even if it is soul winning, eventually you will derail. You know one of the things I found out? Let's talk about prospectors as an example. God help me. There are many men. I have one in mind. Follow this man for years. Beautiful teaching. I love the word he was preaching. But after a while, I became a bit uncomfortable. Let me tell you something. One of the things that happens to us as believers, when we are prospered, like I was saying, a danger. A danger of prosperity is that suddenly money makes more meaning to us than before. We now think we have control. We preachers now teaching believers how to take hold of the earth. You now hear preachers coming on air teaching, buy land, hold land. The man that has land is the one that has control. Have you heard that thing before? I hope you know it's not Christianity. One day a preacher preached a long series of messages. I listened to the series and I said, is this Christianity? Is this Christianity? Why do we preach such things when we preachers have prospered? The Bible says Uzziah prospered. And when he became strong, his heart became proud. Now, that's the danger of prosperity. What happens is that suddenly you think you know how to do it. Suddenly you think you know how to build wealth. And the mistake you make as a preacher, you start setting wealth in front of people. Is that thing set in front I'm talking about? Listen. Wheat is good. Tears is of the enemy. But two of them look alike. And many times it's difficult to pull out the tears without hurting the wheat. Like I said now, if you set evangelism in front of you, you will derail. You know, first, like, what? What did you say? But yes, you set evangelism in front of you, you will derail. You are not allowed to do that. You are allowed to set the Lord alone in front of you. Last time I explained something to you, that Paul evangelized the whole of Asia Minor. He did not leave Ephesus. The Bible says what? So mightily grew Paul and traveling. And the place was conquered. What happened? So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word grew. Paul did not leave one spot. 
Paul committed himself to faithfulness to the word of God. Listen, practical example in my own personal life. Sometimes I have a lot of things to do. So 6 a.m., you know, you are awake, getting ready. I'm supposed to send an email. You're sending the email. Oh, they're supposed to broadcast something in Portacourt. You know, you keep on going up and down. I have, something, I have a lecture. You start hustling, hurry, 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 hurry. You say, ah, there's this message, Joe. Ravi Zacharias, I downloaded it yesterday. I'll listen to it later. All right? At the end of the day, you were very busy, you have achieved little. And that Ravi Zacharias message, you will not listen to it that day. I'm giving my own personal experience. But I've noticed something if I can just discipline myself. I wake up in the morning. I have a lot of things to do. I say to those things, you guys will have to wait a bit. I bring out my Bible, I read a chapter. I take a few minutes, I give thanks. Why the body is eager to get up? You must bear that in mind. The body is what? Eager. You have this email to attend to. You have this message to send. You have this lecture to prepare. You have this person to see. You have to be in the office by before 9 o'clock. You know, all things are there. I just close my say, no. Read this chapter. After reading this chapter, pick that Ravi Zacharias. Just 30 minutes now. I stand. I listen to it. I pray. The first one hour, 45 minutes, whatever, is gone. Then I start the day. This has happened again and again. The flesh, it's hard to follow it. But every time I remember to do that, at the end of the day, I achieve more with less stress. Do you know why? I'll tell you. Literally, the word works. You know what I'm trying to explain? There is, listen, I'm trying to set, because I believe you know, I read, I decided to check around about Jezebel. Everything, the, the, what is popular coming from the United States is that Jezebel is a controlling spirit. I don't know why they, how they deduce that. I don't know, so I can't preach it. I don't know how they deduce that. But I read, read my, my understanding of the scriptures. is following the doctrines of Jezebel. It leads people to, the Bible, Jesus calls it, Adultery. And adultery spiritually is following another God. That's what it is. The doctrine of Jezebel, the way I easily understand it, is that we take our eyes away from the Lord in front of us and we set it on other things, which incidentally the word of God many times produced. Let me give an example. In Jerusalem, the church, the word grew, right? It grew so much that problems began. The Jewish women and then the Gentiles, the Grecian women, all right? And then what, what, what was the solution? Let's organize. And that is the problem of prosperity. Let's organize. The church cannot what? Fail. It can't scatter at this point. So what do we do? Um, we need to have more women programs. So Peter will now become a teacher of women programs. And then James... We'll, be the, we'll organize a men's meeting. Do you follow my point? And the, the, the men will go on retreat to discuss business networking. And James will be the chief consultant. And as for the food, that's best given to Philip because Philip has experience and things like that. Why? They are the leaders of the church. The church must not, you know, break down. But you know, Jesus just taught these men. So, but did they do that? No, they did not. What happened is that Peter said, how did the growth come? Through the word and prayer. 
we will therefore not neglect the ministry of the word and prayer and start serving tables. So amongst those of you, amongst yourselves, please sort out the serving of what? Tables. As for us, the primary thing remains what? The ministry of the word and prayer. What am I going to say? No matter how much we prosper in life, Jesus wants. The primary thing remains putting the Lord ever in front of you. Anything that removes that attention, as far as I understand it, is the spirit of Jezebel. You know how this is? The church grew. So we go to Bible schools and we spend time learning church management. You have been to Bible schools. One man I went to see him one day, he went to prepare to, to you know, his church training for something. I just sat with him for 15 minutes and he was in training for months. You know what he said to me? He said, talking with you for 15 minutes, I have learned more than I spent in our headquarters for all these months that I was there training for ministry. He said, in these 15 minutes, I've learned more. I still remember the things I taught him. Just what I'm talking about now. That the boy, church is not about organization. No. You are a teacher of the word. You are a pastor. The meaning of the word pastor is not somebody who visits the sick. It's a misinterpretation. The meaning of the, the, of the word pastor is not the person. You, 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 have you heard before? That guy is a good pastor. He will visit you. He will rub your back. <laughs> Nonsense. The Bible never said that. That's the job of Dickens. A real pastor is the one that tells you the truth and teaches the word on a constant basis, not caring whether you like it or you don't like it. That's the job of a pastor. Not you are sick, you are in hospital. Oh, Pele. Ah, how's the family coping now that you are not around? Pele. Okay, you sit down, they drag a chair. You call your wife. Ah, uh, uh, Mrs. B, please get pepper soup for the family. And bring Agidi with um, soft milk for him in hospital. Bele, is your back paining you? They will not say, ah, that guy has the heart of a pastor. Rubbish. That is, so many of those things is Absalom. <laughs> Telling me Absalom had the spirit of a pastor. Nonsense. Let me ask you a simple question. Who is the greatest pastor you knew on this earth? No, you, 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 can't, you can't miss it. Who is it? Who is it? Who did you do that one for? Where you see Jesus go sit down, say, Bele. I say your back they pay you. They came and met Jesus, heart of an a bad pastor. The way we talk about it. Your mother is looking for you. You say, Why is she not in church? <laughs> they asked Jesus, Your mother is looking for you. you. Say, Why is she not in church? Your brothers are with her. They are too big to hear the word. That was what Jesus said. You know, we say, oh, Mary, Mary, mother of Christ. <laughs> Jesus told her. <laughs> Jesus said, when I'm preaching, madam, you sit down. Look, is it not your Bible? They came, your mother and your brothers are looking for you. You know what he said? Who's my mother? Who are my brethren? That was the question. He said, those that hear the words that I'm preaching and do them. The same is my mother, the same are my brethren. So I tell that woman outside to go home. That day, in the spirit I'm just seeing, Mary said, you boys, Holy Ghost fire against all of you. Because they dragged her there. You know, she, she, she had the revelation. She didn't want to come. It's the family that dragged her. I said, your son is beside himself. So they came to take him away from the ministry of the word of God. That's the biggest pastor you have. He's a kind of pastor. They say that your best friend is very sick. He said, he's sick, eh? 
But we are doing ministry. Sir, if you come, he won't die. He said, let him die first. I'm busy. When he finishes dying, we will raise him up. That's not the problem. That was how he responded. That guy was not a nice pastor. Let's get it. He <laughs> wasn't a typical pastor. When he got to church, you know what he did? So who said they should be doing bazaar outside here? He brought out a whip and scattered everybody. He didn't say church will not grow, you are too harsh. You know why he didn't bother? He knows what the real pastor is. You know what God said? Jeremiah chapter 3. I will give you pastors after my heart. Not the popular ones in your times. I will give you pastors after my heart. What is their job? They will feed you with knowledge and with understanding. They are not visiting you. I hear all the time that guy is a real pastor. I don't know where we got it from. My wife, my wife used to look at this guy. This husband is not a real pastor, but she married him for the words he was speaking. I'm a real, I'm her real pastor. Forget that thing. <laughs> a pastor pursues you with the word of God, not rubbing your back. He tells you the truth. He teaches in season and out of season. He corrects, he reproves, he admonishes with all severity. That was what Paul told Timothy to do. Back to what I was saying. So if I sometimes listen, we put that success in front of us. And I'm saying today, the success in the church came because they attended to Christ, which is the word. They attended to Christ by the ministry of the word and prayer. And the church grew. And they said, we're not going to Bible school to go and learn something else now. We are going to continue in the ministry of the word and prayer. What am I saying? When God prospers Christians, that's the danger. The danger is that they set the success in front of them. They don't set Christ continually in front of them. That's what the danger is. So what is his defense against that spirit of Jezebel? You know, I used to ask myself a question those days. No, think about it. Imagine yourself as Israel. I don't mean Israel here. I mean Israel. <laughs> the children of Jacob. Just imagine yourself as children of Jacob. You are in bondage. Then the Lord delivered you from bondage. He did ten miracles. You witnessed them. Most of the miracles did not affect you. That is the plagues he brought to Egypt. You were spared. He killed the firstborn of the Egyptians, took you out in a hurry, divided the Red Sea, fed you with manna in the wilderness, brought water out of a rock. Please let me ask you a question. Why on earth will you follow another God? After all, we we'll go after other gods. It is not because we are looking for anything else apart from something. I don't know what I get to my point. Why do people go to Babalao? Results. Is that that they are looking for money? Protection, wife, husband, children, progress in life. That's what they are looking for. But this God has given it to you. Have you ever wondered why people face another God? <laughs> because I've wondered about it before. Although I have my answer now. I have my answer. I'm not saying I, every answer is correct, but I have a strong suspicion that I have a lot of the answers. I'll tell you. Just two basic things. Two basic things. Two. <laughs> two basic things. One. God, you may not realize it. He doesn't answer quickly. 
The Ozubo Ozubo that we preach. It's not his nature. Number one reason people go after other gods is impatience. They can't wait for him. He's not, he's often not in a hurry. You will pray, I need a job. Say, I've heard. The next day you go and meet him, Lord, I said, I need a job. I said, I heard. After six months, you go and meet him. Lord, don't be angry, but I think you're forgotten. I need a job. I said last time, I heard. Where's the job? Wait. And it tells you wait and looks away. That is when somebody taps you and says, you need a job. How long have you been waiting? Say, nah, six months old. Follow me. Bow down here tomorrow morning. You get the job. That's why people follow other gods. Rapid resource college. Sharp, sharp. Original zubo zubo. Now, now. Today, today. Jesus will answer you today, today. That's why they, no, that's why they follow other gods. Because the real God has this annoying time wasting habit. I didn't come to beg you for a child. You, get, you brought up the idea. Bring the child now. 25 years later, we are still walking around. And telling me stories. I am the only great reward. That's what Abraham had to say. What will you give me since that I go childless? What is it? Ah, Abraham had to shout for him. In quotes. You see how the spirit of Jezebel works? When Jezebel puts success in front of people, they eventually commit idolatry. There was a time we churches, we churches started putting health, power in front of people. In one church, a deacon injured the, is it the ankle or the leg? Fell, accident. Deacon did not go to church for three months. Do you know why? The church people must not know he broke a leg. Why? In their church, miracle is normal. Faith means I can never fall sick. So we put that in front of people. So when the man fell sick, he was embarrassed. So he stayed at home for three months until he got healed. Why? How can it be heard that I, a deacon in a faith church, fell sick? Ah, no. So we covered in secrecy. How is deacon Banky? Praise God. How is he? You know, the Lord moves. The Lord, the wind blew it where it listed. The leg is broken at home. There's no wind blowing anywhere. At the end of three months, the man will come. You wonder, where has he been? He can't tell you why. He's a man of faith. He was never supposed to break his leg. That is a problem. When you put something in front of people that is not Christ, even though it looks good. That's why people follow other gods. Another reason, just to add that one to even though that's the main one I want to bring out, Another reason they follow other gods is because the true God puts a lot of restrictions on people. Who is a God of restrictions? God is one one and the one we've been reading on Tuesdays. Everything, I follow your statutes. I follow your commandments. I follow your precepts. Everything is his precepts, his statutes, his commandments, is this, is that. Too many rules. Why do you think they don't believe in him in the Western world? There's only one reason. There are no two reasons why they don't believe in God in the Western world. Just one reason. If you believe in God, it tells you who you can sleep with and who you can't. There's no other reason. The, this God will tell you, that's not your wife. But my, my body is moving me. That's why Paul had to talk to, is it Festus or Felix, about 
righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. If your body is moving you, better go and buy a break. <laughs> is that, is that, that's the problem with God. You know, he, 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 he puts too many things on people. So they have to say there is no God. He will tell you your father treated you wrongly when you were young. Now you are old. Go and honor him. You look like, Lord, um, are you testing my face or what? <laughs> he said, no, his son honors his father. I said, what if it was, you know, his son honors a father that was a father. I said, I didn't qualify it. I just said his son honors his father. My father did not behave like a father. I said, that's, that's why he should not behave as a son. We look at God and say, wait a <laughs> And God will be there. It takes you six months sometimes trying to persuade you that Christians forgive. Ah! Go read the story of Corrie Tembun. That I saw one of the I mean one of the German guards that beat his her sister, and she was so, and she was preaching forgiveness. Now saw the man. I'm supposed to shake your hands and forgive you. That's the problem with God. Though. He 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 makes us do things we don't want to do. So you know what? It's easier. It's easier. We shut him off our minds and say, there is no God. Back to Israel. That was why Israel used to pursue other gods. Because Molech does not tell you don't take your neighbor's wife. Baal will not tell you don't cheat your neighbor. You will come to see Molech and your two concubines will wait outside. And Molech can say, invite them in. They don't need to stay outside. They can sit here. And Molech will prosper you in adultery. But God will come and start telling you funny things like, walk before me and be perfect and I will bless you. And you'll be looking at him, so your blessing is predicated upon perfection, Abby. <laughs> God will say to you, rearrange your life. Walk before me. And you're looking like, walk before you. I should be walking in front of you, which means you are behind me looking at me. <laughs> and then you come and read things like, I know your deeds. Why are you watching my deeds? Molek does not check my deeds. <laughs> that's why people follow other gods. That's just the second side of it. Like I said, that's not the main message. The main message is the fact that I said, God is, is actually slow as far as human beings count slowness. That's you no know, really God is slow. So the devil is quicker. You break a number of rules and you know he does things for you and everybody's happy. Now what am I talking about? So when Christians set something else in front of them apart from God, in trying to attain that thing, they will break his rules. They will. And that's why God said Jezebel. She has said something in front of the people by word of her so-called prophecy. And now the people pursuing what Jezebel has said in front of them, they are breaking the rules of God every day. I was telling you about a, a man, you understand, earlier. I looked at this man and I said, listen, what this man is preaching is not what I grew up listening to him on. He will go to place and he will teach and teach and teach. And I will listen and say, no, these are corporate principles. These are principles of business. There's no Christ in these things. And my heart began to draw back. And that is the danger. Let me tell you something about ministry. Everything has dangers. Oh, it has dangers. Sometimes I see pastors sponsoring building networks. They get into trouble a lot. A lot of them have gotten into trouble. So they know we are are, are coming together. And they 
Brethren can come together. I have no problem with it. But I will not use my anointing to persuade anybody to invest in it. I will not. If you want to come together, mm-hmm, that's how good they look you now. I will even join together. I said, contributing money to buy. If it looks like a good thing, I will put my money. But once I mount this pulpit, it's only Genesis to Revelation. If it's not in Genesis, you had better be in Exodus. If not in Exodus, I will look for it to, until we get down to Jude. If it's not in Jude, I want it. Just be in Revelation, though. Once it's not in Revelation, not on my pulpit. I'm sorry. I said the Lord only in front of me. You know what I found out? If you do that consistently, persistently, listen to me. Listen, listen. God is not going to make all of us billionaires. Forget that. He will not. You know why? It's unnecessary. Billionership is a job. It's a job. I'm a preacher. I'm not a billionaire. I'm not asking him for, to make me a billionaire. I say he should bring billions for us to preach the gospel. He can bring it. We use the multiplied television stations we are on, radio stations, live streaming. One of the things I'm praying to God is that a time is coming. Of, of course, I, we can even do that, but that time has even come. You know, God answers prayers in strange manners. You know, that time has come that we can easily stream whatever I'm doing here live. Why we are not doing it today is I still give Jesus off record. It's the only reason. As for streaming, those who don't know, it's, it's as simple. When I was in Sokoto, you were watching me in Sokoto now. The young copper there taught it to me. Say, oh God, no, Alan, adjust your smartphone. Hook the thing on the selfie stick, screw it down. Facebook Live, anybody logs in, watches it from all over the world. It's just data. If I give Glow 1,000 naira, they give me enough data to stream this whole meeting. The only reason why we are not streaming live now, in fact, one day I'm going to do it. You know, just because of this, pam, 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 on the noise, all this. Look, once we leave this place, live streaming regularly. I want to do small Jesus. I say, put that in on mute. <laughs> Those watching in Russia, they will not know what is going on. <laughs> it's true now. So that, for me, look, look, look. That's all I need money for. Let's move the gospel. As for what I will eat, what I should drink, with the love, it doesn't cost so much. No, it really doesn't cost so much. It doesn't cost so much. No, once you don't put your, give yourself all this idolatry that people give themselves. And my children, all, my wife and children, all of them must go and do holiday abroad. My wife and children, you have a choice of three places to do a holiday. One, in Enugu. Two, in Enugu State. Three, in Nigeria. Those are the three jobs. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is it wrong going abroad? He said, all other things shall be what? Added. If it, is, if it doesn't come as a patch, you know, addition, they just tack up for my body, I'm not going to save money for it. Rubbish. Never see all the parts of Nigeria. They see all the parts of Europe. Waiting happen. That's why the light keeps on going up now. Everybody, their eyes is set on something else. Let me not go there. Because I get provoked a lot of times. My provocation in that area can be very easy. Let me leave it. But the point I'm making is that meeting my personality is not much. But some people must be billionaires. They must be. Because they are the ones that will build refineries. They are the ones that will build, you know, cassava companies, you know, maize companies. Pharmaceutical companies, they will build hospitals, they will big, big things, they will. Somebody will. Somebody will. Somebody will build all these big things. And that's what God calls being a billionaire. It's not how much food you eat or which car you show off. It's David Doe and, uh, and the band that show off things. Which car does Dangote drive? Do you know? You don't know. Have you noticed that you don't know? You don't know. You really don't know. When I mention Dangote, you are thinking of sugar, you are thinking of rice, you are thinking of uh, cement, of course, that's the first thing. You are thinking of cement, trucking. A man woke up one day and bought 3,000 trucks. That's what you are thinking of. That's the job of a billionaire. 
I'm a preacher. Some people here, God will say, look, I'm going to anoint you. Don't let the world tell you otherwise. I'm going to anoint you to raise for me six children. You're a woman. You're going to be a housewife. All you will ever do, eh? more than raise those six children, is maybe teaching a school. Okay. Okay, you retail, you retail in Domi. Fine. If you want to add something to it. No dues. Add no dues to me, you know. Is that beyond that? No. Said so the virtuous woman, go and read your Bible. Takes care of her household. That's the primary thing. She makes cloth. That's what she can do from home. She weaves cloth. And then they say there's land. The husband has traveled. She goes to buy the land. She's not the CEO of Coca-Cola. The world now tell you that no, a real woman is liberated. Who told you you're in bondage? They make it look like the woman that does that is in bondage. She's not in bondage. She's raising the next generation of billionaires and preachers and good husbands and good wives and good presidents. One day somebody analyzed Laura Bush. Was it Laura? The wife of the senior Bush. He said that's one woman that married one president and gave birth to another. You know, you don't connect it like that. That she produced as a husband one president and produced as a son a second one. Think it's easy? She doesn't have to be a billionaire. America owes to, to know they owe her the gratitude for giving them two presidents. Two. Two. Can you imagine one day you are first lady, next time your son is president? And just a few years in between. Her husband left office. Bill Clinton came in for eight years. Instantly. Our son went back inside. In case you do not know, there is something about the wives when it comes to making presidents. So not everybody will be a billionaire. But when we put Christ in front of us, whatever we are supposed to be, we come out naturally. That's what I'm preaching. That's what I'm preaching. Don't let Jezebel put anything else in front of you apart from Christ. Once they start teaching those principles, say, how does this make me more like Christ Jesus? If it is not clear, leave it. Leave it. The word literally works. What does it mean for the word to work? It means the word will shape you into what you are supposed to be and produce what you are supposed to produce. It will produce by itself out of your life. That's why it impressed me that Paul sat in one place and evangelized the whole district. This particular year, I've seen testimonies. Sit standing here for the last 14 years. In case you don't know, we started almost with this same pulpit. There was a narrower one we made. After about a year, we replaced with this. I have taught on this thing for more than 10 years. 12 years, on this same piece of wood you are seeing, 90% of what we have on our website was taught on this thing. Should I start telling you testimonies? Someone lady the other day, I said, ah, you are looking ready, you are looking different. He said, pastor, you don't know what the word has done in my life. You could see the radiation from inside, the joy of the Lord. She said, oh God, <laughs> You don't know what the word has done in my life. What did I do? Nothing. We just stayed stay here. Like, play, like, play. Started those days. But we kept on packing that word and putting it on, on air. Putting it into the website. And we're downloading thousands of downloads every month. The word is working by itself. It's working by itself. No, 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 no. I know they do anything. I've said the Lord permanently in front of me. I will never be moved. I hope you're getting my point here. That is one thing. Please, this Bible, it has a lot of things, but Jesus said, forget those other things. What it was written for is to testify of me. He said, you said the scriptures thinking that in them you have eternal life. He said, but you don't get the point. The scriptures were compiled so that you will understand me better. Believe me, that is the defense against the spirit of Jezebel. 
Let me say it when I say people don't, a lot of people don't understand it. God did not call us to succeed in this life. He called us to obey him. Are you getting my point? Success as far as God is concerned is how much of Christ we become like and how much of his assignment for our lives we fulfill. That's what success is. That is what success is. That is what success is. When the Bible talks about calling, having a calling, the calling as far as the Bible is concerned is Christ-likeness. When Christ is being formed in you, his ministry starts coming out of you naturally. Please, I hope you've gotten my point. I think after this, we can now go to the next point on the other churches. And when the, what Jesus said, maybe I'll discuss that next time. He said, to him that overcomes, I will give a white stone with a name written on it, which only the person knows. The another one, he now says, the church in Thyatira, anyone that overcomes, I will give him authority over the nations. Both of them mean about the same thing. There will be some differences, but basically, having a name is having, an, having, a, is having authority. Having a rank where you begin to speak words and things will be responding. Are you getting my point here? Yes. Maybe we'll talk about that on that time. God is looking for who he can put things in their mouths. Are you getting my point? He can put his word in their mouth so that they will declare words. There are people, listen to me, in this country, there are people that God will say to, anytime you don't like this president, remove him. There are people in the state, God will say to, if you don't like the governor, tell him to step down. And they won't, they won't leave their rooms. They will just get angry one day. Say, why did this man talk like this? The Holy Spirit will provoke them. They will say, in one week I want him off that throne. That is what it means to have a stone with a name written on it that nobody knows apart from him that receives it. He's in his bedroom. He's changing countries. That's what it means. So I will give them authority over the nation. They will smash like a potter. Takes a rod and smashes pots that he thinks are out of order to pieces. Look, that's what the Lord is looking for. Not looking for Mercedes Benzo. Looking for people we can commit authority to. Let's bow down our heads. Let's just pray. Say, Lord, I've set you steadfastly in front of me. Nothing else. Lord, I've set you steadfastly in front of me. Nothing else. Say, Lord, only you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not success. Not a big ministry. Nothing else but you, Jesus. The spirit of Jezebel will not take me. It is well with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Favor will be on your hands in the name of Jesus Amen. Christ. You will be a blessing to anyone you come in contact with Amen. in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. These hands of yours, they will produce good. Amen. Whatever you put those hands to do, they will prosper. Amen. You will do greater things in the name of Jesus. Amen. In your own field of life, you will do greater things in the name of Amen. Jesus. Your work will speak in Jesus' name. Amen. It will testify of the goodness of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Amen. If you sit on the Boko Haram bomb, it will forget to go off. Amen. Because of you, you will save those who are around you. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. When you are going out, you are safe. You're coming back. Safety is your portion. Amen. This is your season of multiplication and dominion. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. It is well with you. Amen. Remember, don't be afraid. What did I say? Preach pre- to somebody beside you. Say, no need to fear. No say, life is not an accident. Life is not an accident. The angels of God are watching over you. 
say, there is no need to fear. They will deliver you from all troubles. In the name of Jesus Christ. All right, the Lord is good. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication and dominion in the name of Jesus. Please bless somebody beside you. This is your season. Bless another person. This is your season. Now give one to yourself. This is my season of multiplication and dominion. All right, share our brethren.